Hi, and welcome to episode 205 of No Crying in Baseball, the It's Not About You episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I thought it was always about me. Well, it's not about Tatis, as it turns out, according to Manny. Oh, that one. So, like, I I just saw that, actually, this morning. I don't know if I'm behind the, the times. That was last night, right, that that happened? Yeah, we're recording on Sunday. So, Saturday night, Twitter blew up because... Manny, I had a little, t- you know, a little kerfuffle mm-hmm. um, with Tatis in the uh, in the in the Padres dugout. They had a terrible, bad, bad, no good day. What's the name of that book? Um, yes. And and Manny kind of lost it. But here's so he, he yelled at Tatis and he said, right. "It's not about you. It's not effing about you. Go out there and play baseball." And I gotta say, I almost never side with Manny, but I'm gonna on this one because what he was yelling about was Tatis arguing balls and strikes early in the game, which got their manager ejected right. and could have gotten him ejected. And they are fighting for their playoff lives right now. And so you just don't fuck with that. Right. My The, the exception that I take to it, especially because I'm always you know critical of Manny Machado, is that he didn't handle it in the appropriate manner at the right place and time. I mean, I'm all for the F-bomb situation, but yelling at him in the dugout with bunches of fans recording the video while he was doing it might not have been the most effective thing. And I think about this sort of, you know, like as a teacher and a parent, if your kid fucks up, screaming at them might be your reaction out of frustration, but you know, especially after the fact, that that wasn't the most effective way to communicate with that child, that maybe you should have taken a step back, taken a deep breath, chosen some other words, and then figured out a better time and place to express your... In an ideal world, I agree with you. They are not an ideal world. They are frazzled. They are Mm -hmm. clawing their way. They're trying to hang on. They don't have they they don't have time to think. I mean, if they had time to think, probably Tatis might have like thought what he was doing at the plate too. Right. Right. But so I, you know, I think they're they're pretty raw. And honest to God, if there were no cameras there, it wouldn't have been a big deal because everybody afterwards said we are family. We do this. We're fine. We're fine. It's all you guys. It's your eyeballs, pretty much, that are the problem. Right. It's like this is we do take it. This is us taking care of ourselves. So, yeah, I mean, if that's the, the the way that they usually deal with this stuff, it's and it's happening yeah. all the time, then, yeah, that's the way it happens. I would just like to see a little bit of a kinder well, approach sure. to it. Approach sure. to it. And, and, you know, they're saying that Tatis is young. He's 22. Manny's been around for a while. And yes, you you learn from those with more the experience. Ripe old age of 29. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> God, remember when that was old? Oh boy, oh boy, yeah, that was that was a little while ago. Yeah, but the, yeah, they'll both mature and learn from this situation. Sure, they will. Sure, they will. Hey, so you got you got visitors. Yeah, so I am super frazzled today. Uh, that I've been sort of running around. We have a friend visiting from Guatemala, and he arrived last night at the airport. So my my notes might not be quite as tight as usual. But the fun thing that I've gotten to do with him—it's adorable ex- that you're implying that your notes are usually pretty tight. But <laughs> oh, I mean, to- <laughs> always, always, <laughs> you know, totally detailed. Um, but I've been explaining baseball to him because, of course, like a guest lands in our house in an evening during baseball season and there's baseball happening. And so I started saying, you know, talking about the game and then quickly realizing that he had zero, zero clue about baseball. And when you're explaining baseball from the get go to somebody, you realize 
how complicated it is. I mean, I don't know. I always think of it as being, you know, this simple deal, three outs, three strikes, like all this stuff. But there's a lot of detail. See the ball, hit the ball. Yeah, stuff like that. And that's even without getting into stuff like wild pitches and stuff like that. But it's been fun. It was fun. So we did that last night with the uh, Sox-Baltimore game a little bit. And then I will talk about this a little bit more later, but we were desperately trying to watch European baseball together this morning, which is pretty amusing. All right. All right. Hey, so um, I'm doing well, but I realized, so I get notifications from MLB for three teams, right? For the Guardians, for the Nationals, and for the O's. And I realize I have an Austin problem. (laughs) And we're not even in Texas. There are 83 players in Major League Baseball with the first name of Austin. Wow. So it's, I thought that that was a rather common thing. I didn't realize it was quite to that level. So of the teams that I, that I get the notifications for, two are O's, two are on the O's. One is a guardian and one's on the nationals. So, and you know, and clearly with that number of Austins, they're often on the teams that these teams are playing. So if I get a mm-hmm. notification saying that an Austin did something, I almost always have to click on it to figure out what does that mean for the team I'm rooting for, because I can't keep the Austins straight. Yeah, and even worse is, is there, there's Tyler Austin who has it as a last name. So that's yeah, just, I can't even go there because there's Tyler, right. I have a Tyler problem too, as it turns yeah. out. But the Austin problem <laughs> is more immediate. So there you go. So talk about feeling old. Like that's a generational thing. How many people oh. our age are named Austin? Like none. I no. don't know. I don't know. All right. All right, we got more to talk about, right? We haven't even started the show yet. Let's start mm. the show on today's show. Our boyfriends are finishing strong. They are proving their boyfriend cred. They're dominating the Roberto Clemente Award nominations. They're doing cool stuff. Fair ball is my new favorite hashtag, promoting fair pay for minor leaguers. Our COVID report has um, postseason vaccine mandates, legal challenges, and you've got to be kidding me, issues. We've got um, Baseball for All has some girls series to watch, and we've got some women in baseball to watch as well, and international baseball. So much. But first, we have our baseball boyfriends, and I could have dropped this a moment ago when we were talking about Tatis, because he is a former baseball boyfriend of mine. For those of you just joining us for the first time, what Patty and I do in the off season is we each pick one guy per team because they are cool beyond the field, and ideally they've got some skills too, because then we use these guys to make our fantasy teams. And every season we pick new guys because then we have more stuff to talk about. But I famously cannot let go of my past picks including Salvador Perez, who is one of my season one picks from the Royals. And he's I, and I picked him absolutely more because of character than of skill. He's a really funny guy. He's that clubhouse guy that gets everyone going. But lucky for me, he's happening to have a just banner season this year. And recently, he tied Johnny Bench's record at 45 for the most home runs in a season by somebody who's a catcher primarily. That means over 75% of their games are played as a catcher. And I saw on Twitter, actually, that Johnny Bench congratulated him, which has got to be a pretty amazing thing. And also, notably, that he is the th- this is the third most home runs for a Venezuelan player in a season. And number one is your former boyfriend, Eugenio Suarez, from the Reds, who in 2019 had 49. And Andres Galarraga had 47 in 1996. Notably, this beats out Miguel Cabrera, 
who in both 2012 and 13 had 44 home runs in the season. And of course, this means that Salvi is vying for the home run leader. Um, as of this morning, so we're recording on September 19th, Sunday. This morning, I saw that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was still leading with 46. Salvi's number two with 45, and Otani's at at 44 in number three. And of course, all these names are being batted around, <laughs> so to speak, for MVP. But you know, the only one who also has an ERA is, or a notable ERA, is Otani. <laughs> so I think all that chatter is more for the fun. But honestly, you know, if M- AL MVP is going to be going to Otani, it really should. I think it's funny because all of a sudden, and just yesterday and today, there were a lot of articles saying. Hmm, don't jump on that too soon, even though two days ago that's all anybody was saying because Vladdy is killing it right now. Right. But then they do point out that, you know, Otani is doing that well and also, like you said, yes. pitching great. <laughs> and so also. Pitch is way better than Vladdy. Mm-hmm. Hey, so um, my phone and Google on my laptop both know <laughs> me so well that if I type RY, Ryan Mountcastle comes up. That's nice. And that's okay, because as we um, predicted last week, he did, in fact, um, break Cal Ripken's rookie record for the O's for home runs. He hit number 29 this week, which broke Cal's record, and he's now at 30 as of Sunday afternoon. Um, He said, most of my family were Orioles fans growing up, and I I love this line, and all their favorite players were Cal Ripken. <laughs> he was he was all the players. That's so, so cool. I know I knew a lot about him being in the same company with him is pretty cool. And like Johnny Bench, Cal Ripken tweeted congratulations. Really, you know, very sweet. And like all of us O's fans are lucky to have him on our team, which was really great. Um, other notable thing is he's now, as of today, one home run ahead of um, my former boyfriend Cedric Mullins, which makes wow. him the first Orioles rookie to lead the team in homers since 1965. Now, clearly they're neck and neck, so anything could happen by the end of the season. But right now, he's holding on to that notable thing, too. That is so impressive. And I, I really want to say to the Red Sox announcers to shut the fuck up about dissing the Orioles or, or people, Red Sox fans on Twitter, because the Orioles have a lot of good in them. And they also have this history of fucking things up for the Red Sox at the end of the season. So I get really frustrated when I see people dissing them and saying things like, look at what Mountcastle's doing, look at Cedric Mullins, and they have the ability to screw the end of the season for the Red Sox. So let's not play with hubris. Hmm. Hmm. That That's my public service announcement. Before I go to my favorite rookie, which would be Bobby Dahlbeck of the aforementioned Red Sox, who doesn't have 30 home runs in this season quite yet, but he has 30 career home runs in the 143 major league games that he's played. And the notable thing about that stat is he is the first third fastest Red Sox to get to 30 career home runs. Number one is a guy named Walt Dropo, who I didn't know much about, but I, I linked a page to him. He has actually a very fascinating history um, in the early 1900s. He had, he's number one with 121. Number two is a more common name, at least for me and my Red Sox knowledge, Tony Canigliero, famous rookie who took one to the face that cut his, uh, his career way short. And it was uh, 131 games for him to reach 30 home runs. And then comes Bobby Dahlbeck. And he did it in 143. Who did it in 144 games is a guy known as Ted Williams. There's the one I've heard of. (laughs) When you're talking any current day player and Ted Williams in the same sort of uh, sentence phrase, whatever, you know that you're doing well. I have one other um, stat thing with... uh, 
former boyfriend, Luis Roberta, I think I took last year. It was another one of my premature picks. And, of course, I took him last year when he was whiffing a lot, swinging a lot. So his whiffs per swing rate, which I think is a great stat, stat last year in 2020 was 41.5%. So, like... You know, almost half of his swinging was whiffing. That's that's a a shit ton. He dropped that this year to 27 percent, which is a difference of 14.5 percent. Now, that difference is the, the notable thing about this statistic, because the number two in the changing from year to year, like so this is getting better in not whiffing so much. The second guy to do that, to have an improvement year. Yay. We're all about the improvement is Jock Peterson, a guy of yours who did this from 2015 to 16, in which he improved his whiffs by 9.5 percent. But that 5% difference between number one and number two. So Robert has, has, has improved by 14.5%. Jock Peterson, 9.5%. After that, it's like an intense of a percent increments. And, and, and so in, to get to that 5% difference, you've got to go to number 97 on the list. So this means the difference between numbers one and two for this stat is the same difference between two and 97. So... Yay for the guy who shows improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, one of the other things that we base our boyfriend picks on are is philanthropy, doing good things off the field as well as on the field. Oh, yeah. We get to keep one boyfriend from year to year, and we call them our forever boyfriends, but we do change them every once in a while. My, cur- my current <laughs> once in forever, forever boyfriend um, this for the Brewers is, is Christian Yelich. And what he just did, I love he bought and gave away 10,000 tickets for this coming week's series against the Cardinals. And he said, we want American Family Field to be rocking for that last homestand. We want to give back in a way that shows how much we all appreciate the enthusiasm and support of the best fans in baseball. Good on you, Christian Yelich. Yeah, that is so cool. And and the Brewers did, in fact, clinch this weekend over the Cubs. So, um, you know... Come, come anyway. Come see your boys play. You know, oh, yeah. you're not gonna, you're not gonna see them clinch. You're gonna celebrate the fact that they already did. This is pretty cool. Thank you, Christian Yelich. Um, quick thing about one of your former boyfriends who plays for the Guardians, who's one of my favorite teams. See, plethora of up Austins above. Um, <laughs> we talked um, a couple of weeks ago about Fran Mill Rays hitting a home run for a fan you know, who was there um, with breast cancer and kind of doing it in her honor. Mm-hmm. Apparently. That's now a thing that if people ask him to hit home runs, he will because um, the the Guardians were just playing at Yankee Stadium, and a lot of Fran Mill's family lives in New York, so he gave away a lot of family tickets, like you know, twenty or so family tickets, and his family said, you know, you haven't been playing great against the Yankees in the past, <laughs> but we would love to see you hit your number thirty home run for this season in front of all of us. So he did. Sweet. So the moral of the story is more people need to ask Fran Mail to hit home runs. That's right. I if think you're a Guardians would, fan anyway. <laughs> that'll work out well for everybody. I've got to say that the uh, the Nesson announcers, the Red Sox announcers, were saying all shades of nice things about Fran Mail. I think they were basking in the fact that the Guardians kicked the Yankees' butts yesterday. That was kind of part of it. But they said notably nice things about Fran Mill being a good guy, which, you know, we, we totally Boy appreciate that. Yep. Speaking of boyfriend cred, the Roberto Clemente Award 
is uh, is out now for you to vote for. So every team at this point has picked a nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. You can check our link in our notes and go vote up until October 3rd. We're voting for the guy who best represents the game of baseball through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions both on and off the field. So yeah, it's another Baseball Boyfriend Award. There will be overlap, and there are, there is a, a great deal. So you know, we're at this point where we've got a bunch of boyfriends in the running, so you guys have a bunch to choose from. Notably, um, September 15th, when this was announced, is and will continue to be Roberto Clemente Day. The number has not gotten to the level of the Jackie Robinson 42 yet, but there's definitely movement in that direction. So there's a bunch of players who get to wear 21 on Roberto Clemente Day on September 15th. Right now, that includes the Pirates, and this was the, the same as last year. Uh, Puerto Rican players that we, that we affectionately can call Boricuas. That's anybody from Puerto Rico. And also, this year, I think the new thing is that anyone nominated for the award got to wear 21, as well as previous award winners. So check that link to get the full nominees. And it's really amazing to read why these guys were nominated. They're doing a lot of stuff. This is another contest in which, once again, Patty has won very clearly. Actually, I don't know. It might be pretty close. I didn't count out these numbers. So Patty's picks... Both past and present, uh, Boba Fett. That would be Boba Fett from from the Toronto team, from the the Blue Jays. Nelson Cruz, who got nominated from the Twins while he was still there, and I really, really, really wish he was still there because he is <laughs> kicking ass with Tampa, and it's just continually pissing me off because he's such a nice guy. And actually, something I think I put on our Instagram story was the work that he's doing in the Dominican Republic, which is just phenomenal. Uh, Pete Alonso from the Mets, Jay Hay, Jason Hayward, Alec Bohm. I'm going to give you credit for Aaron Savale, who's a pitcher for the Cleveland team. And we pick flocks of pitchers. So Patty's got the whole Cleveland team this year, including Savale, who's doing some wonderful things in Cleveland. Ian Desmond, Paul Goldschmidt, and Miguel Rojas from Miami. So, Pat, can you count how many I guys is that? I can count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight for me. Okay. You've got eight. So let's count mine. So I've got the aforementioned Salvador Perez. Not only does he bang home runs, but he's a great guy. Miguel Cabrera, also he's chasing that 3,000 uh, hits. Already got his 500 home runs. He's in there. David Peralta from the D-backs. Joey Votto. That one you got to read. He's just such a great guy. I'm going to take Joe Musgrove for the same reason that Patty got Aaron Savale because he's on the Padres and he's a do-gooder. Brandon Crawford, who also has very high QHAR. That's quality hair above replacement for the Giants and the most adorable family and is a nice guy. And then there's Justin Turner, who I had last year for the Dodgers, and I felt very negative about after his COVID appearance on the field at the World Series situation. But he's nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award, so I guess maybe he can be a former boyfriend instead of an ex-boyfriend. I don't know. I still got to gotta look more into Turner. So what's that count? One, two, three four, five, six, seven. I'm only down by one. 
Well, I that's would say bad. you're done by one and a half because one of Dustin Turner. Okay, that's that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I will take that. I will take that. But I'm I'm really you know proud of being a close second place. This is a good number uh, all total, considering there's 30 teams and we've got more than half of them picked. So yay for us! So along the lines of Nelson Cruz, mm-hmm. Max Scherzer is nominated for the Nationals, and he's of course been a Dodger since the trade deadline. Ugh, that just sounds weird. I know, and I do not like seeing him in Dodger blue, but I did like seeing him get to 3,000 Ks this week. At the end of last week's recording, I said, gotta go, because the Dodgers game was about to start, and it was clear that was going to be when Scherzer broke his, broke that, um, that barrier, the 3,000 um, strikeout barrier. He also, because he can't just get the strikeouts, also threw an immaculate inning. Oh, geez. And came really close to having a perfect game. And just so you know, Eric Hosmer is the answer to both trivia questions. The who did he give up, um, you know, who who spoiled the perfect game, Eric Hosmer, and who who was the 3,000 strikeout, Eric Hosmer. So I there. knew he was number 3,000 strikeout. I didn't realize he was the spoiler oh, yeah, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's the answer to all the questions. And the thing for Nats fans who are paying attention is the, the camera every time kept cutting to Scherzer's wife and kids, mm. who we are all very familiar with here in your nation's capital. And they were just in tears, and so were a lot of us watching them because we really, like, we, we feel for his family. It was great. You know, in, in the Roberto Clemente way, they gave a lot to this community. Yeah. They were really involved. They were, they were a terrific family, and we miss them. I was like, oh, this is so good for you, and crap, all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Erica Scherzer did a bunch of stuff with the, the Humane Society here mm-hmm. in Washington. They were mm-hmm. just great, big, dog-loving people. And just on the baseball boyfriend theme, I've, I've got to just claim Eric Hosmer. He was my Padres guy, I think. He was my pick last year, I'm pretty sure, so for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, our police blotter does not mention any Dodgers. Oh, wow. This time, which is uh, kind of exciting. Isn't that a relief? It also yes. doesn't mention any anybody from the Hammers, so that's pretty good, too. Um, I've got one. I've got one. And it's Tony LaRusso, who has been a <laughs> guest star on Police Blotter before. But this time, he and his pitcher, Mike Wright, of the Chicago White Sox, were suspended yesterday, Saturday, for their Thursday intentional beaning of Shohei Otani. Um, the pitcher, Mike Wright, got suspended for three games, which he's currently appealing, and the manager, as is now common practice, was suspended one game and was fined an undisclosed amount, and he served his suspension yesterday. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, So I'm going to go international early today on this theme of pitchers doing bad with Mike Montgomery, who used to play for Seattle and the Cubs and the Royals. He actually most recently was with the Yankees system. His picture on MLB has the Yankees hat, but I don't think he did much with them. Right now he's in Korea playing for the Samson Lions, and he was actually suspended for 20 20 of the remaining 35 games of the regular season for throwing a rosin bag at the umpire. So this comes from he had been warned by the ump for violating their 12-second rule, which at first I thought was, did they get a couple extra uh, seconds for dropping something on the floor and being able to eat it, right? Because I'm just very familiar with the five-second rule in my house. Absolutely. Apparently the 12-second rule in the KBO is that when the bases are empty, 
The pitcher has 12 seconds to pitch, which I would be fascinated to see how that would work here because that does not sound like a lot of time. So understandably, maybe somebody who's used to having a little bit more time got a little bit irked with the ump. And so he argued with the ump on his way out, got ejected. That's what happens when you argue with an umpire. And then he threw his rosin bag at the umpire. Apparently, he also took off his uniform and threw it back on the field. I'm not quite sure how much of the uniform, how much was bared. <laughs> but, you know, of course, I should know those details. He also was fined a bit of money, $2,570, which doesn't sound like a huge amount for a, a pitcher, even in the KBO. Uh, the important effect of this is that his team is currently in second place. They are down 4.5 games on the whiz. So we'll see if his 20-game suspension has an effect on what happens with the Lions and the KBO. Notably, my team, the Dinos, is not in the picture. Yeah, so see, it's not about you above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Be careful about those injections because they don't only affect you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The rest of the team is now screwed. And I don't know, throwing a rosin bag, like, I guess it depends on how hard you've thrown it. Does not seem too, too intimidating. But it's, the sim- it's, it's the symbolism. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shut up and play the game. Ooh, <laughs> we don't say that. No, not at all. We don't say that. So what I've been uh, um, doing is, is looking for baseball everywhere. So this morning, I was looking at for the European Baseball Championship, which ended today. It's been going on all week, and it was hosted by Italy, and 16 countries were participating. So this morning was, well, for Eastern Standard Time, was the bronze medal game, And then this afternoon, as we are speaking, is the gold medal game. So I do not know who has gold and who has silver yet. But I was trying desperately to catch the Spain-Italy game this morning. And the the feed just sucked. And it was through the WSB, the, the World Softball and Baseball Commission website. And they said that they had a live feed and I would get like two minutes of baseball and then it would freeze. And it was in the seventh inning and it was tied zero zero and it, and Italy had the bases loaded and I was dying to see what would happen. And so I kept refreshing and like doing everything that I could to figure it out. And the part that I caught luckily were the winning two runs. So Italy ended up winning, getting the bronze medal and winning two to nothing. The two runs, though, they scored bases loaded walk and then a wild pitch. You did have to explain a lot of complicated things. (laughs) Right. And I'm watching with my Guatemalan housemate going, yeah, it was very it was very interesting. And I was super, you know, into it. And every time it froze, I got a little bit distressed. But that's got to be a hard way for Spain to lose. And then nothing happened in the eighth or the ninth, as much as I could tell. This afternoon, Israel is playing the Netherlands. And this is that Israeli team that came out of nowhere with the Olympics and not completely the same, but um, notably, shit, what's his name? Ian Kinsler. Yeah, Ian Kinsler is still on it, So, which probably explains them doing quite well. So we'll see who won. You guys will know before me. Maybe I can link it in the show notes. But Israel, Netherlands, somebody has gold, somebody has silver. (laughs) I like it. You can always count on that. Yeah. (laughs) So I have to, um, I started my afternoon adult beverages before Potty Mouth because there was a little (laughs) bit of a delay in our our game today. So I'm going to pop a new one because I need to toast advocates for minor leaguers. Oh, cool. What are you you drinking? 
So I, I just finished something that somebody left at my house. I love when that happens, <laughs> which was a Supreme Core hard apple cider with ginger and lime. Oh, that sounds good. How and many did they leave? Just the one. Oh, just fuck. the one. So I, I finished that, it. and now I have... See, you know, it's mid-afternoon on a Sunday, so it was just too early for, like, you know, those harder beverages. Right. So, you know, I have now moved to something called a quirk, strawberry, lemon, and basil, um, which is sort of like a, a hard seltzer situation, but it tastes like summer, and I like that. So, Where's it from? Is it local? I could take it out of the koozie. Oh, sorry, again. I just made you take it out again. Um, it's Boulevard something. It's made with real fruit juice, so it's healthy. It's a health food. That counts for Sunday brunch. You know, in it's, my it's book, brunch, and you know so. what? I can I cannot read the small print at this you, time. You have so. your glasses on. Stop it! <laughs> I would. I, it's an open can, and I can't turn it, or I'll spill it. <laughs> All right. God. So maybe we can we Party can foul. tune back in at the end of the show. <laughs> just just for the record, I am drinking very appropriately a Heavenly Hell Hellas from nice. uh, from our friends at Silver Branch here in Love Silver it. Spring. If anybody's nearby, drink Silver Branch beer. They're great. Love it. Love it. Okay, so back to toasting. Advocates mm-hmm. for minor leaguers, who we've talked about a lot. They did something that got a lot of media attention. Good on them. They are figuring out how to really draw major attention to the plight of minor leaguers and their tiny, tiny pay. They had a fan appreciation day yesterday, Saturday, um, at several minor league locations. At the Mets-Phillies high A game yesterday, Several players, like 10 players on each team, wore wristbands that said hashtag fair ball on them to promote the lack of pay at the minor league level. And volunteers passed out wristbands and brochures that described the pay disparity to fans there and also to fans at games in Georgia, Iowa, Nebraska, and California. And there was a lot of media around this, and they were really good with the talking points, including it's time for every minor leaguer to be paid a living wage. And it pointed out that most minor leaguers at these lower levels get between twelve and sixteen thousand dollars for the year, and the federal poverty line is twelve thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars for individuals. Holy shit! So that's some excellent context. So good yeah. for you, advocates for minor leaguers. If you would like to get one of these teal bracelets, you know, the, 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 the rubber bracelets that you know people wear for different causes, you can go to Advocates for Minor Leaguers. We'll link to it. And if you donate $10, they will send you one. Oh, sweet. All right. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you are. Okay. So back to Europe, just briefly, there's a women's league that we've talked about before, which would be really nice to have. But the UK does have it. And they had their first national championship final today and this just in i just checked my twitter feed and congratulations to bells baseball they're the first team to win the women's national championship in the uk and also congratulations to grace willis who was the mvp so someday maybe we'll have a, a women's championship in this country. That would be really lovely. They, they beat the London Mets, and the season is over. We look forward to hearing more great stuff from the U.K. But you know what? 
it will happen here because we have the mighty baseball for all led by Justine Siegel doing all sorts of amazing things to develop girl baseball players who are turning into college baseball players who will be adult baseball players. And we have a couple of girls tournaments coming up. The second annual DMV series is happening and you were there last year, right? Yes, I did go last year. We have the shirts to prove it. Yeah, thank you so much. Patty brought me back a present from that. Maybe we can go again. It's it's August 9th and 10th in Ellicott City. I haven't checked the calendar yet, but the, let's look at that. It's for girls ages 8 to 19. If you know a girl ages 8 to 19 who would like to play in the DMV series, check out the link. The wonderful people at DC Girls Baseball are hosting, and, and we know they would love to have more people participating. Hey, before you leave um, DC Girls Baseball, I don't know, did you see the article in the post about Paloma? Yes! Congrats! Huge congrats to Paloma Benach, who has an article about her in the Washington Post about her being a kick-ass pitcher on her high school team. And it was written by Jesse Doherty, who basically just covers the Nationals. So he covers Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball, and he basically said she speaks about pitching the way like a mid-career level MLB pitcher speaks. Did not, there was none of the, isn't that adorable that a girl can do this at all. It was straight up, here's a great pitcher. Yay. And she's planning on continuing. Just this period. Because there was some question in there that was like, are you going to continue in college? And it was, I'm going to continue. So. Wherever that brings her, power to her. She's, yeah, please, please follow DC Girls Baseball. Um, There's also an amazing baseball league in Arizona, the Peaches, you know, named after uh, the the original Peaches from the American All-Girls Professional Baseball League. And they're going to be having the Leighton Accardo Series. And this is named after one of their players, Leighton, who is a founding member of the Arizona Peaches. And in 2019, she was diagnosed with stage four pediatric cancer and died in 2020 at age nine, which breaks every heart. You know, just the, the people around her, our hearts, everybody who's listening, just imagining losing a kid at that age is really painful. But the baseball community comes together to get through difficult moments and her teammates in, in consolation coming together are having this series named after her. So it's a regional series. Other teams can come in. It's going to be for two days in December, December 11th to 12th. Oh, wait, that's three days. I can't count. December 10th to 12th. And I also can't read. And you are a public school people. teacher. <laughs> All of these things. Take two. It's going to be for two days. No, shit. It does say two days. I don't know which of my notes is speaking. (laughs) Read above to my spotless notes. In December, so I have a lot of time to straighten out this story. But it is for girls ages 8 to 16. Please look into the Arizona Peaches. And if you're not following them on Instagram, they are the most adorable little baseball players. And they've got serious stuff. I mean, the, the pictures of them in action is are super impressive. So check out Arizona Peaches. Very nice. Very nice. Hey, there's always a COVID report. We had like two weeks, no COVID report. We're back. Um, This one's interesting to me. Um, The the postseason has encouraged, you know, the the coming postseason has encouraged MLB as a league to announce that all non-player personnel are required to be vaccinated to have access to the field. 
and restricted areas like the clubhouse, for instance, mm-hmm. during playoffs. And even partial vaccination is okay. If you've had your first shot and you can show that you've got your second one scheduled, that's okay too. But if not, you are not going to be on that field. You're not going to be in the clubhouse and any other restricted areas. So, you know, we've been going team by team. The Astros, the Nationals, the O's are the ones that have publicly announced that team-wide they have non-playing personnel. They have um, vax mandates. But um, this is, and MLB had said that for employees at the league level, for sure. What I completely missed was MLB Network also had the same mandate and September 1st, I missed this, September 1st, John Smoltz and Al Leiter can't be in the MLB Network studios anymore because they refuse to freaking get vaccinated. So this is really to the benefit of all. I'm fine with getting Smoltz out of the studio. But he's not off of broadcasting. Oh, he's, shit. He's broadcasting from, you know, some remote location. Now, the Can't qu- they just get rid of him? I would. Well, I don't know. The question is, what is Fox going to do? Just because, <laughs> because, you know, for the World yeah. Series, you know, he and our pal Joe Buck tend to call those games. And is does Fox have a similar mandate. I don't know. And um, if they do, are they going to let him participate remotely? Are they going to say, sorry, you can't be here? I don't know. There's a similar situation for Al Leiter because he's got a gig with the Mets. And I think the Mets also just announced uh, one of these mandates for non-playing personnel. He's an advisor to the Mets. So how's that going to affect that? So these guys are both still working, but they're working, you know, from remote locations, not in the studio. Holy crap. I don't know how I missed that. Okay. Um, Chris Sale, seriously? Uh, I yeah. Okay. I'm so pissed. So this so week. Pissed. So this week, um, Chris Sale does in fact finally admit that he is unvaccinated, and also he's had COVID twice. Twice. Did you hear that twice? Yeah. So yesterday, um, while you were at the airport collecting your house guests, <laughs> and Mr. Potty Mouth and I were at at the Nats games with, at the Nats game with a friend of ours. This came up, and Mr. Pottymouth and I both turned to our our third third party and kind of yelled, "He's had COVID twice!" Yeah, <laughs> because that's the appalling. That's like, yeah, what the hell? But in reading these articles about that, I found an interesting thing. Like the Red Sox have said, we've done everything we can, you know, to Ugh. encourage these guys, which is probably true because they can't mandate it because it's a it's a it's a union issue mm-hmm. to mandate it. So you can only encourage. But one thing that they do do is if they have unvaccinated players who aren't going to play that day they send them home after their pregame workout or if they come out of the game you know if they get subbed in you know for somebody else they get swapped in and they're unvaxxed they get sent home right away they don't hang Good. out and watch so they're doing like they're, they're nipping around the edges trying to reduce possibilities of spreading this damn thing this this bummed me out you know i just at this point because I'm a Bostonian lifelong Red Sox fan, I want to see them make the postseason, but that's about it. I'm just so pissed on on so many levels. And with Chris Sale, both times he got COVID, he was asymptomatic. And so he is absolutely selfish about this at this point because he's experienced these two occurrences without having to suffer personally But by that fact, he's endangering other people. And I don't understand how a pitcher who's who's in the same clubhouse as Eduardo Rodriguez, who was not nearly as lucky, who suffered incredibly last year. How can you have any sort of team cohesion and camaraderie if you have those two different experiences 
side by side. And I'm just pissed as hell as Chris Sale. I need to fuck him. I'm so pissed. I think that it's starting to get to the players who on most teams have kind of stayed out of this. Like, yeah. you know, I'm vaxxed, but I can't make anybody do what they want to do. I've got to respect their decision. But I think those teams who like the Red Sox and others are like just, you know, trying to hang on to these like, wild card positions. Like any any disruption in their game can get them, you know, kick them out of the play, uh, playoff contention or like, okay, now yeah. you're screwing with me. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, if screwing with like my health doesn't, make you want to get vaccinated. How about our future as a team? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't care for me as a teammate and exactly what you said is what, what Alex Chorus said, which was basically, we've got to respect everybody's decision, but, but no, you you don't, you really don't. don't. You You don't, don't. you don't. Uh, Hey, so as we said, the national, the nationals are one of the teams who were early on um, mandating vaccinations for non-player team members, not non-player staff, right? And they they came to the end on, I think, the 15th, the 14th or 15th of September was the end of the two-week administrative leave for those people who chose not to get vaccinated but had, but filed for exemptions, hmm. right? You could file for exemptions on, like, medical or religious grounds. So they, they allowed a two-week review pe- period. A, t- a two-week administrative leave is with pay. You just can't be in, you know, you can't be at the offices with your unvaccinated person. Two minor league coaches, Larry Pardo and Brad Holman, um, were fired this week at the end of that two-week leave because they did not have Good. their um, their exemptions approved. And they then filed uh, complaints with um, with EEOC because they said oh. that the Nats didn't take their religious exemption requests seriously. Now, here's the thing: that the Nats had they didn't just like look at this stuff randomly. They had lawyer you know their lawyers review all these requests they also had interviews over zoom because they're not stupid of at least half an hour with each of the people who had who exemption requests and they wanted to determine two things one is are the religious beliefs sincere and could the team grant an exemption without compromising the health and safety of other employees and in this case, the post article that I read said it was the number two thing. We could not grant that exemption. I mean, they're coaches. They're with the they're with the team, all the time. So they didn't feel like they could keep working without compromising the health and safety. I mean, it could be maybe if you're in the ticket office, maybe you're where, wherever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe if you have a private office, you can get away with that. So their religious exemption said that they couldn't take the vaccines because the vaccines were developed from or tested on aborted fetal tissue. Oh. And here's the thing. The testing part is true, but the development part is not true. The vaccines that you get are not developed from fetal tissue. That was just part of the testing thing. But even the freaking Vatican, can I say freaking Vatican or am I, am I oh no, <laughs> I, I I'm going to perish in the fires okay. of hell. Yeah, you didn't grow up Catholic though. So I have the threat of, you know, eternal damnation over me about this. But the freaking <laughs> Vatican says, even though the testing was on aborted fetal tissue, the, um, the, the, like the brush with evil is so far away that take the vaccine Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, okay. So even your like your religious exemption proposal here is shaky, but also you cannot, you you will be compromising the health and safety of other employees. So you're out. So I'm kind of curious to how that's all going to turn out. Yeah, and has that been cross-checked against everything else that they've taken in their lives? God, you know, like I know. Where's the where's the division? Yeah, yeah. No, we're just gonna pick this one. All right. Hey, um, oh, power to the Nats. Yay, Nats. Yeah. Hey, you know what I forgot to tell you about was um, we have a local uh, humor <laughs> source called the Tacoma Torch. We live in a, a 
suburb called Tacoma Park, which is um, lefty, if you couldn't tell from our discussion about things, but also um, quirky, seriously quirky. And which have, you also couldn't tell by our discussion. <laughs> so we have a, a satire source, which you can find on Twitter and the web, Tacoma Torch. And they did this piece that was freaking hilarious about our local Cal Ripken Collegiate Baseball League, which we've talked about before because we went to a lot of the local Thunderbolts games, mm-hmm. which is part of that league. And my kid worked for the league. So um, there's a new team that's going to be in the league next year, which I am a little bitter about because they were one of the sponsors of our team, uh, the Thunderbolts. And they pulled their sponsorship ah. to start their own team. So I'm already like prepared to roast them a little bit. But <laughs> they're going to be in a town called Olney. And the Tacoma Torch went off on OnlyFans, which is similar to OnlyFans, which <laughs> is a whole other if follow-ups. you need to look that up, that's fine. But just trust me, it's not a pleasant comparison. But it was, it was a lot of jokes about how they like their servers went down because of all the people going to their website, you know, to the OnlyFans, the OnlyFans, sorry, website. Anyway, <laughs> the team, the team spent money on lawyers to send them like a cease and desist. As if this was a real story. As I said, well, you didn't even interview anybody. It's a joke. We're a satire site. Did you look at it? We are protected. We are protected. And it turns out that the guy who started the torch was actually friends with one of the guys who started the team. So they ended up working it all out. And, you know, they're, they're going to just, like, you know, agree to just move forward. And, mm-hmm. But they did send a very funny response to the, the, yes. the lawyer letter that just basically treated it as if it was a submission to the humor site. And explained that it was funny, but not funny enough. And yeah. so I, I'm, I was very proud of the Tacoma Torch. But what I really wanted to do as um, as a, a fan of the um, Thunderbolts was figure out a way to turn this into fundraising for the Thunderbolts. Um. But what the Torch did, which was great, was they put out a T-shirt with their with some, some of their jokes about the OnlyFans. Oh, really? And said, buy it and... If there is no legal challenge, we're going to donate all this money to the Boys and Girls Club, which is the, the field on which this team is going to play. If there is a legal challenge, it's going to help pay for our legal challenge. <laughs> so they have, re- last time I looked, they have raised about $1,000, which now, because this you know, has been dropped, is going to go to the Boys and Girls Club. That's great. So that's fantastic. So yay to come a torch and a sense of humor. And um, come on, guys. get yeah. Just, just it, it, enjoy a good laugh. And you, you could have had some fun with this, too. Check them out on Twitter. You can find all the evidence there. Got anything going on this week besides house guests? Oh, shit. This week besides house guests. I think that's it. We're not. When, when is our baseball? Our, my baseball is, is next week. So this week is baseball-less, house guests, and work. And then next week, once the Red Sox get to this part of the area, I get to see them at Camden Yards and then again at Nats with you. But that's, that's a whole exciting. other week away, so we get to talk about that next episode. Yeah, I, I turned to Mr. Potty Mouth yesterday. This is my last time at Nats Park rooting with you because next time oh, we go, I'll right. be rooting against you when the Red Sox Whoops. are in town. It's okay. Hey, I hope you're going to some games, whether your team is contending or not right now because it's still baseball. It's still fun to watch, for gosh sakes. If you're not, please feel free to check some back episodes of no crying in baseball if you think your friends might like to hear us talk about baseball please let them know and you can always find us on social media hang out with us on twitter find us at ncib podcast facebook and instagram no crying in b-ball and until next week say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth
let's just assume that what was in my ears makes sense. <laughs> I always assume that what's in your ears makes sense. <laughs> I, I do not. I, I, I definitely do not. Well, There's you know your ears better than I do, so, I, uh, you know. 